When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn Midweek Movie Music Edition of Ball Don't Lie That's when my man Patrick plays jams from a soundtrack and based on those selections, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film for Midweek Movie Music and it is Roadhouse today um, which is actually a lot of people's favorite, one of their favorite films mm-hmm. a uh, pop culture favorite out there. Uh, it took us a while to get it uh, but my man Harge finally got it and the Specs text line was way ahead of him on that so we appreciate all your participation 512-337-3776 that's the number to the Specs text line you also can hit us up via Twitter, Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse, Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. I will hear from Sark and Rodney Terry here in this segment thanks to my man Jeff Howe over at Horns 24-7 uh, hooking it up because of the Texas fight tour I believe is over is it done with I think we, I think that was the fourth I, one so I think, I think it was that's the, final the last stop, one correct yeah. I think it is over now officially uh, but they, they made several stops uh, and one of those was in Houston um, and my man Jeff Howe got some sound of Steve Sarkeesian speaking to the media at that uh, function in H-Town for the Texas fight tour so we'll hear from him and coach Rodney Terry of the men's the Texas men's basketball team and also we'll talk some uh, Texas football because uh, Rojo's getting a lot of love Bijan's getting some love as well uh, we'll talk about pro football showing pro football focus showing some love uh, for the Longhorns coming up this season. All right, so we'll get to all of that. Um, but uh, first, I want to get into this uh, Sark audio. Um, can we uh, – so we'll, we'll get to Sark audio. We got like four cuts we'll play here. Uh, we got to some of this earlier, um, but there are a couple of pieces of audio, and Sark's talking about expectations in his first one. I believe my man uh, Jeff Howe asked him about the expectations, the hype train, and how he's not shying away from it. You know, most coaches, they try to temper – Yep. expectations, um, and they want to be realistic about expectations. According to Sark, the high expectations for his team right now, they are very much realistic. I try to be honest and transparent. You know, I try to just talk about the things that, are, that we're focused on and what we're doing. I try to talk about the strengths of our team and you know, what, what we're trying to lean into and, and then you know, areas where we need to improve. trying to be boastful. I'm just trying to yeah, I feel pretty good about our team. we got plenty of work to do. Um, but from where we've been from January to this point, the roster we have, the staff continuity, um, the culture that we've, that we've developed, the depth at position groups, those are, those are all really good things to, to have in your program. Now we got to put it all together. Right? That's the next phase of this thing. But um, I, feel, I feel good about the team and the, and the team we have and just the structure of the organization, the people that are in place. All right. He said, listen, I'm, I'm just telling you all how I feel mm-hmm. about what I'm seeing. 
that this team looks good. I like this team. We don't have really any roster holes or big weaknesses. Uh, got a returning quarterback, return the offensive line, return down to every starter on offense except for B. John Robinson. He's just saying he feels good about this squad, and he's been consistent. That has been his tone the entire offseason. Likes this squad, feels good about it. Um, so I, I'm glad Hartz, he's not shying away from expectations. Here at Texas, you can't do it. You can't shy away from those expectations because, unfortunately, if you are, uh, Longhorn fans are, you know, they're going to uh, think you're a little suspect. Yeah. They want you to be a little cocky. They want you a little bit be arrogant and confident about your team. Yeah. It, it, it's a refreshing state of affairs right now because of the fact we've seen the dramatic change in him. We've seen him go from he believed in himself, but he wasn't believing in his team yet. Now he's been here for a few years, got his recruiting class. We've heard the this now looks like my team. This is what I envisioned it being. Now all we got to go out there and do is execute everything. We have the pieces. We have everything that we've been building for is now here. And for him to say that and for him to be able to say, I like that, that is what I wanted to hear. And one of the things that I've been talking about, Rod, for quite some time mm-hmm. now is the continuity of the coaching staff, the messaging. The messaging makes it easier for mm-hmm. me as a player to understand what he's asking of me. Yeah. If I have a different coach coming in every mm-hmm. single year, changing the verbiage and trying to understand who I am as a player – it's it's draining on you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Now you got the same voices. You know where you're supposed to line up. You know how the depths in which you're supposed to be at. This is a huge, huge move. And a confident Coach Sark is somebody that we've been waiting to see. Uh, I agree. It, it, we haven't seen Sark this confident. Now, he hasn't been there that long, uh, but we haven't seen him this confident, and there's no doubt uh, that he loves, he likes this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if this team indeed looks like a Sark team and sounds like a Sark team and plays like a Sark team, runs like a Sark team, mm-hmm. as he said, mm-hmm. is a, the question then becomes, is a Sark team a championship team? That, that, there you go. Now, saving Sark team, yeah. But I'm talking about just a Sark team. If it looks like him, it smells like his team, it looks right, like his team, right. runs like his team, plays like his team, those are all great things. Is that a championship team? That's the question that, we want to know. That's what we wait now. And I, I think right now most people believe it is um, until we see otherwise. Uh, but here is Sark. He also uh, was being asked about his uh, philosophy, which is big humans inside, fast humans on the outside, and how that uh, ideology, that philosophy um, is going to uh, help him in his future uh, endeavors in the SEC, uh, which is a line of scrimmage league. Here is Steve Sarkeesian. I think that's a good point. I, I was going to say that. You, you took the words out of my mouth. I think, I, you know, ultimately you get to this stage of your career of where I think you, you stand firm on your two feet of knowing who you are at least you'd hope so and I feel like I do and you know I believe in being big up front I believe in being trying to be the most physical team every time we take the field and um, but to complement that you have to have speed on the perimeter and so that's just what I believe in it just so happens that's kind of what's needed in that other league too because of the the way teams are built Uh, but I think it's a it's a formula for success in whatever league that you play in 
from Little League to the NFL. You know, it just seems like if you're big up front, you got you know, really skilled speed athletes and you've got good quarterback play, you always got to give yourself a chance to, to win football games. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love his philosophy about big humans inside, fast humans outside. It seems relatively simple uh, and simplistic, I should say. But um, when you're at Texas or when you're at a blue blood football program, you can get the fastest humans mm-hmm. and most skilled humans outside <laughs> and like the that. biggest uh, and most powerful humans inside. So at, at you know, at, at Baylor, I don't know if it, this works at Iowa State. I don't know if this philosophy works. It does work at a Texas mm-hmm. because you are able to get the elite of the elite of those specific traits that you want. Um, and that's why like, the offensive line right now is as deep uh, as n- most offensive lines in the country. I mean, you're talking about a top supposed to be a top five unit, top five, 10, 10 unit. Um, and this year is supposed to be a year we, we see that um, that philosophy come to fruition, Harge. Yeah. Big humans that can move guys around inside. Fast humans that can run away um, from guys on the outside. Well, and and we've seen it multiple times throughout Sark's career where whatever location he's been at, he's been trying to get those types of players. And when he came to the University of Texas, he did an overhaul of the roster. And, again, three years later, a couple recruiting classes, he's gotten what he seems to believe is his opportunity to now leave the Big 12 as a champion, and that's what everybody's looking at, and I think maybe this is why the the football uh, media is looking at Texas with all these high expectations. You talked a little bit about it yesterday. What is it, the most dangerous team that was out there? Texas seems to be that number one team. That's what we're looking for. That's what the expectations is. But like everybody else, we, we're, we've heard this, this song and dance before. From other coaches, we've seen the product. Now it's like, okay, now we're just going to sit back and wait. We believe in you until we can't believe in you. So we're going to go there too because we see it. We saw what you did when you brought in Kelvin Banks. That was a difference maker. We saw what X-Men was like his freshman year. Sophomore year, he had a little bit of of an issue. We didn't know that his hand was broken until later in the year. So you saw that. Jordan Whittington, are you going to use him at a high level? Uh, You saw the the growth and maturation of a Jalen Ford who burst onto the scene. You see those types of things. You got guys that were drafted now. So we know what the development is. Are you ready to take this to the next level? And I believe that they are. I'm with you. Uh, I'm going to sip on the Kool-Aid until I taste whether it's Kool-Aid or Flavor-Aid. If it's anything other than Kool-Aid, then... Is this AI? Then we're going to throw it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is this the, is that fake stuff? Is that fake is this, stuff? Uh, yeah, hopefully it's the oh. real thing. And I think uh, that's why a lot of people are on the hype train for Texas. Uh, another cut here uh, for Sark. Um, this is actually about a, a game. I believe uh, Jeff Howe was asking about the, the Baylor game specifically. But I love uh, how he ex- expands on his point of how they won the Baylor game and what was the secret to it. Here's Steve Sarkeesian, head coach of Texas. Well, I thought it was it was a good win because we found a way to win. And I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times when you're playing good good people and good teams, you have to find a way to win the game. And you, you got to make those necessary adjustments in game to make that happen. And we weren't throwing the ball great that night. And we ended up, I think, running it 22 straight times. And we found a way to win. And that's not how every game's going to go. 
Um, but I thought that was the most important message to our guys is, one, instilling the belief that they can, um, but, two, finding a way to win. And um, that's ultimately what it's about. I, I go to the Kansas State game as well. You know, That was a hard-fought game. We found a way to win the game. We found a way to get a turnover at a critical moment. Like, that's what really good teams do. And that's why I say I felt like we made a lot of progress and that we didn't find a way to do that in year one. And we found a way to do it in a couple games in year two. Hopefully that starts to become more of the norm. Uh, I totally agree with them on that because we were talking about this earlier, Harge. You know, we're glass half full when I'm looking at Texas. But yep. if you want to look at last year with glass half empty, um, you know, kind of an attitude, you could. You could look at that K-State game and go, man, they start Will Howard in that K-State game. And they don't get a big play from Jalen Ford late and uh, right. or, or Keandre Coburn. Anthony Cook. Come in. Oh, that was Iowa State. Go, uh, but you're right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Go to that one. Let's go to that yeah. one. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Iowa State. Xavier Hutchinson drops a touchdown pass potentially late. That could have won the game for them. Jalen Ford gets a clutch play. Yes. Anthony Cook uh, jars the ball loose yep. uh, near the end zone there in the red zone. That's a big play for you. And, yeah, that, that could have gone the other way. Uh, also, on you look at the flip. I guess Baylor. I guess he's talking about Baylor. And now right. they just decided to ride Bijan and Rojo. But on the flip side, probably could have beat Alabama. And yeah. You could have put yourself in a, like you said, in a double-digit win scenario. You could have beaten Texas Tech. That game came down to the wire and went into overtime. Uh, hell, you should have beat Oklahoma State, man. That team just fell apart. They were just right giving after. it to they, you. They, that was the last. They gave Texas everything they had left because after they played Texas, they mm-hmm. really went on the downward spiral. You should have put that team. You should have started that downward you spiral. You should have been the one to make it 100% yes. that downward spiral. So those are, you know, those are three games right there. You win two of those. We're in double-digit conversation, yeah. um, and we're talking about a spectacular season. But like I said, that's glass half full, glass half empty. Is yeah, like two of those, two, or, two or three wins. Also, I think Texas. There wasn't luck. Texas found a way to pull it out late in clutch time. But if they hadn't pulled it out late in clutch time, hard. We're talking about six wins, no doubt. And then we're talking about Sark being on the hot seat rather than Sark ready to make a championship run. Yeah, Sark would have been on the hot seat with asbestos <laughs> underwear on because he would have been on fire. That's what would have been happening. In fuego. Right? Yeah, he would have been in fuego like NBA Jam. <laughs> He's on fire. <laughs> yeah, no For doubt sure. about it. No question. So I, I, listen, I, I think the expectations um, are listen they they are warranted because I do think this team has the talent to be a really you know good team this year. Um, but yeah, we don't know. Uh, all we're getting is the hype. I think a lot of it will be on the ceiling of Quinn Ewers, which we know the ceiling is through the roof. Mm-hmm. But how can Sark help him reach that ceiling? And I think another part of it will be Sark's growth as a coach, yep. his maturation as a coach. He's he's still not a great coach yet. The, the hire, working. yeah, exactly. The hire was made by CDC and by you know uh, L Type and Jay Hartzell behind the scenes with the hope that Sark would grow into being a great coach, that he yeah. had all the raw material, that he had all of the you know the different traits and the skills to be a great coach. He just needed to cultivate that, and he needed a support around him, and he needed the University of Texas, <laughs> all right, combined with his offensive acumen and all those things, and then they were, they were projecting he's going to be a great coach. Yeah. Right now, he's just an above-average coach, which is good. He's never, hey, on his way to being a good coach. Yeah. But Texas wants a great coach. We we need and because Tom Herman was a above average good coach. If you want, look at that. Mm-hmm. Texas wasn't satisfied with that. They don't want above average. Yeah, but 
He and I wanted that. He wasn't playing the game the right way. Yeah, but that really you playing the game the right. You got to do both at Texas, yeah, right? That's you, what I'm saying. You, you get fired uh, for you winning games, but not playing the game. Yep. <laughs> you winning games, but not playing the game. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then you can play. the I game. I need you to find that happy medium. Exactly. You can play yeah. the game and do not both. win games like Mac was doing later in his tenure. He wasn't winning enough games, but he was playing the game, so he stayed too, but didn't stand up. You need somebody like Mac in his prime who mm-hmm. can play the game, but also win the games. Yep. That's the key. I agree. And right now, Sark plays the game really well. And yeah. I think he's winning more games, but not winning enough. Next year, you got to win double digits. You got to, yeah, you got to be in the mix for yeah. sure. I like the way he plays the game, though. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm I, going I nine and a half, baby. Yeah, Sark knows how to play the game. We're talking about the BMDs, the boosters behind the scenes, the fans, the media. Yep. I think, well, other than that, that poor jabroni at the bowl game that he got dog cussed by Sark. Other than that poor... Oh, that that poor guy in the middle of the way, man. It's like, I don't know what happened. Get your hands off of me! Get your hands off of me! I know, right? Like, that was Coach Steven. That was not Sark. That was Coach Steven. We know Coach Steven can be a bit of an a-hole, a bit of a D-bag. We don't like that guy. Coach Sark oh, is awesome, goodness. and we love Coach Sark, yeah. and he is a blessing. We yeah. love having him here. That's my uh, guy. But we less Coach Steven, more Coach Sark. So, that's also too. We see Coach Steven this year a lot. Things are going badly. No, it's going to be a rough year. It's going to be a rough year. Yeah. yeah. We saw a lot of him in 2021. <laughs> I mean, I, actually, 2021, it was mostly Coach Steven out there. Yeah. And less of Coach Stark. It's like um, Fight Club. Oh, second Fight Club reference. There it is. You brought him back. You brought him back. <laughs> it's like that second Fight Club reference there. Yep. Uh, yeah, so it's like uh, Tyler Durden. Uh, which one? Is Coach Steven the Tyler Durden character or the other character? Which one? Uh, that was in uh, Fight Club. Ed. What is his name? Edward Norton. I don't know his character. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I'm going Edward with Norton's Norton. Name. I, think I'm I don't going remember with his name. I don't remember Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt. Yeah, like, I'm going character. with Nor- Norton. I, is that Coach Steven? I think that would be Coach Steven. Oh, you say Sark is Tyler Durden? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And who wore the who wore the Burger King pants to the Cotton Bowl versus Oklahoma? Ooh. That was Coach Steven. Yeah. His name in that movie is just the narrator. The oh, narrator. so he right. doesn't have a name. Yeah, yeah. Ah, interesting. All right. Anyway, there you go. All right. Uh, enough of that, though. Let's um, <laughs> next. You know what? Let's take a break early because I think we can get to these Rodney Terry cuts next segment too, and then discuss Rojo and Bijan getting a lot of love. We can do both of those coming up next segment, and then leave leave some room for what's on tap, and then we'll preview the matchup tonight between the Heat and the Celtics in our what's on tap. So let's, let's try to stay on time here, uh, so we can have plenty of time right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful night home. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's my man Patrick takes jams from a soundtrack and plays those songs for us. And based on the selections that are played, we're supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of Midweek Movie Music. 
and this week's feature film, Roadhouse. This sounds like Roadhouse to me. Well, you know who's singing this? Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze is singing yep. this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is this is your Vin uh, Diesel moment. <laughs> well, uh, let's be let's be uh, honest here. Patrick Swayze was way more talented than Vin Diesel. Yeah. Uh, right? Uh, yes. Not even close. Like, Patrick could dance. He could, he's like a Broadway kind of dance, so he could sing a little. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I mean, he's saying that this is Raising Heaven in Hell Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the name of this song. What is that even about? <laughs> I, I don't know. I did not, not listen to lyrics. <laughs> Trouble. <laughs> raising Heaven in Hell Tonight? Yes. Yeah. Raising wow. Heaven in Princes in Hell Tonight. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I don't even want to. Wow. Okay. There you go. My man, Patrick. From the Roadhouse soundtrack. Broaden our horizons. That's, you know what? Back then, though, you did have a lot more people. And maybe you still do, and we just don't listen to it. Right. You told me Vin Diesel now yeah. has his, his own. You know, music and he has a discography. I didn't know about that real as well. But uh, Patrick Swayze, even like Eddie Murphy, like you would have more random artists, or at least random, I should say, creative minds, maybe yeah. actors who would venture over into making their own, you know, music. Yeah. And now I don't think you have it as much. Maybe you do. I just don't listen. I to mean, it. there's some. There's oh, more so rappers. Say, you, ain't li- you ain't listening yeah. to it like that. But yeah. and I think there's. Yeah. I think now there's more like musicians getting into acting. Oh, you might make the flip is on the okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. You're definitely right about that. Yeah. Because now there's way more options to act in. I mean, I mean, think about it. Now with all the streaming services yeah. and everybody mm-hmm. and all these different broadcast networks, they all want their own like their own shows, like their own uh, content that they actually created. Yep. Like the broadcast created content, like our own show. So now everybody's creating so much content. Man, if you're an actor, this is actually the greatest day and age to be an actor, because. All the streaming platforms, there's a there's a bunch of B and C list actors you can find work that you can never find work back in the day. No. When yeah. they were just blowing up cable television and now now you got cable television, you, you got, got regular streams, broadcast television, you got, you got yeah, you got yeah. streaming, all the apps. Man, this is the but day and age to be an actor. It's it, still it, tough. Now it is it, but there's a difference of back in the day, if you were a famous actor, everyone knew who you were. Yes. And now you could be on the number one hit show for the last three seasons. And over fifty percent of America will have no clue who you are. That is that's a great point. That's mm. that's honestly that's a great point. I agree with you on that one hundred percent. All right, uh, let's get to some uh, Coach Terry sound. Coach Rodney Terry. We talked to, uh, not talked to, but we heard from Steve Sarkeesian, courtesy of our good friends over at Horns twenty four seven. My man Jeff Howe. So now uh, let's hear from Coach Rodney Terry. He's been asked about a number of uh, different topics, and like I said, shout out to my man Jeff Howe uh, because I believe he was there in H Town uh, getting some of this sound. Um, but uh, the first piece of sound is an update. I believe they're asking him, excuse me, about an update on. Tyrese Hunter potentially and Dylan Mitchell and matter of fact Dylan Mitchell we got an update on Dylan Mitchell ourselves about his combine performance we'll get to that after this piece of sound but here is coach Rodney Terry trying to giving us an update on what he knows about Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell well I I know Dylan's doing really well at at the combine right now he's he's, uh, right now uh, he's he's shooting the ball really well he's put a lot of work in his shot all season long and and, uh, I think that showed uh uh, yesterday, and uh, I'm not sure what he's done to, to, uh, to this point today, but uh, you know, Tyrese has had a chance to go through the process a little bit right now as well, and uh, um, I think uh, well, both of those guys have an opportunity to try to live out their dreams, but they know if they don't, they're able, they're able to come back and, and, and play on a really good Texas team as well. 
All right, uh, Patrick, you said you saw a little mock draft that had Dylan Mitchell getting some love. Well, I don't know if it's the love he wants. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but Dylan Mitchell, in the, in the drafts I've seen, <laughs> the, the place where I've seen him, he's mid to late second round. So he would, if that's the case, let's say that mock draft is accurate, would that indicate he's coming back to school? Or would, that, would he be willing to – to settle for second round draft status and just go to G League, whatever it may be. I think it depends on if a team tells him for sure he's going to get drafted. I think mm-hmm. he may. So if a team says, we really like you, we're going to draft you, it'll be in the second round or whatever, I think he's more likely to go. Uh, he had a, a quote today that was, he's still the door is still open to come back to Texas, but he's leaning very heavily towards going to the NBA. Okay. Uh, I saw some of his scrimmage today at the Combine and – I don't know if he was really gaining that much ground on anybody. He's just he's not assertive enough. The same way at Texas, you know, you have to be assertive in these moments because mm. you're you're basically letting everyone else shoot around you. You're letting everybody else get rebounds around you, yep. and you're playing good defense or doing whatever else. But at your that's your competition. That's who's getting picked above you. Yeah. That's who's getting picked around you. And when you're not assertive, a coach goes, "Well, what am I going to do with him? Because I'm not like." He's a, he's going to be on the bottom of our bench, and if he doesn't want to work, if he doesn't want to be the guy to lead himself to be a star, right now I can't do it for yeah. him because he's twelfth man on my bench, tenth man on my bench. Yeah. So I think there he needs to work on that, but it's something he'll continue to work on. Uh, I thought he measured in a little low, smaller than I thought he would too. Uh, he was six six and three quarters. That is. A I thought he would have been a little six, bit bigger. Like six eight. You thought yeah, I thought it'd been yeah. closer to six eight. So that puts him closer to. A little bit more of a three and D guy, yeah. Uh, instead of being a little bit bigger and playing a little bit closer to the rim, which is why at the combine everybody was excited about the fact that he was taking three pointers, and yeah. maybe that's what he was told as well. Hey, man, you're looking like more of a three and D guy. You need to show him you can shoot a three. And exactly. he did, and he did. He actually and he did. did. Yeah. At, now uh, that's a lot of guys who can hit those threes in practice too. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be. But he needs to do those in the scrimmages. You need to get out and get yourself open and get yourself three pointers. Because if he hits a couple of those in a scrimmage, he has to go, if he goes two for five, right? That that'll be him. huge for him because they go, well, he took five. He got open for five, and he hit two. We can we can get him because all oh, we yeah. got to do then is get you him up to three. Then you got to respect gotta, If we get him up to three for five, he's above 500. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it, it's like he's he's really close. He just needs to be more assertive in these scrimmages. But I think there is there's a chance. And Tyrese Hunter not being there right now also, I'm sure that decision is going to come sooner or later of either he's coming back or he's going to transfer. But I don't think the NBA draft is probably where he's going to end up this season. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, wingspan for Dylan Mitchell was at 6'10". Six, six, um, so that's pretty damn good. Hand yep. length is pretty big. So yep. he's, I mean, he's, he does have some impressive measure, but, but you're right. They and at 37-inch vertical, so we know yeah, it's, and it's without ball handling. And he's got that length. Yeah, that's exactly. He's, long. It's, yeah. he's got long. He, it's mm. without having the ball handling, he really needs the shot. Because he he does have d- good defensive IQ, so it's just getting to the point where you can become a three and D guy. Uh, but I don't know if he's there quite yet, and that's the question: is is he okay with playing out a late second round pick? Another uh, long. You still gonna get some money though. Oh yeah, you're right. No, you're no, gonna no. get that good money no question. though. No question. Hell, and even if he was yeah. supposed to come back to Texas, yeah. if if it is him coming back to Texas because he do- he wants to be a first round prospect instead of a second yes. round prospect, the NIL will kick in because yep. they'll want to try to lure him back to Texas. So he's getting that money regardless. Yep. Get, get that get that cash, son. Get that cash. Run me uh, my money. Sergeant Barry Rice also trying to get that straight cash, homie. And, uh, guys, he how about this? So he basically uh, 
was a late combine invite. Yes, he was. One of eight. Uh, as a result of his basically his G League his G League performance being so impressive, as uh, Patrick mentioned, he and a couple of the guys were late uh, late invites to the combine because they wanted to get a closer look at them after seeing them perform yep. really well in the G League. And this doesn't surprise anybody. Uh, but uh, in, in two exhibition games, Rice averaged 14.5 points, three rebounds, and two assists um, while leading his team in scoring in both of those contests. In his team, his team high, uh, 16 points in game one on Saturday, nearly helped team two pull out the win. Uh, then he fell behind. I think they ended up losing 84-81. to But either way... He impressed to the point where they had to invite him to the combine. Uh, Coach Terry was asked about Sergey Barry Rice and Sergey Barry Rice once again continuing to uh, impress even at the next level. Here is Coach Terry on Sergey Barry Rice. Barry's a really good player. You know, uh, he's one of those guys that you know the first day of practice we had him to, to the first scrimmage we had the first. Had, he just makes everyone else around him better. He's a great teammate. He's a highly competitive kid, and uh, he got better and better as the season went along. And you know, uh, you look, don't be surprised. You look up next year, and he's on, a, in, on the NBA roster. All right, I'll ask you guys: Would you be surprised if you looked up and saw Sergio Barry Rice on the NBA roster in N- the next couple of years? Not at all. Yeah, not at all. Because he's got that that mentality of I got to go get mine. I he have is to go, yeah, <laughs> I have to go yeah. get mine because I wasn't one of those guys that was a huge recruit. I was going through uh, trying to gain weight. You know, there's just mm-hmm. so many things that people missed on him. He ended up going to New Mexico State, then coming over to Texas and really got to the spotlight. So now people are like, man, that shot fake. He got somebody on the shot fake in the in the game today. <laughs> they showed it again. He got somebody again on the shot fake. So it's one of those things that you're not prepared to see. And then he goes out there and he can compete. He plays good defense. And to your point, he's an aggressive dude. Yeah, I think right now you're looking at with him, uh, he will either be on a two-way contract or he'll just be a straight G League player. And a team will say, hey, let's keep you down here. Because the G League would love to have him because he's yep. fun to watch. So as far as and people fans, are following him, and yep. he's a good guy, like he's people like too. he's a leader. Yeah. So everything you can say that you would love to have in a guy, he has. So I think he'll go in there, and then it's a question of all right, the ten day contract. You come up for this one from the G League, and then if he can get himself up to a two way contract. But that's how guys like Jordan Poole came up, uh, Gary Payton, like those mm-hmm. those guys came up by starting in the G League and dominating at a G League level and getting up. That's where I think his next step will be. I don't know if just because there's just not that many spots. Yeah, it's NBA. I know. It's NBA. There's not that many. There's also two left draft picks this year because two teams out of forfeit draft picks. There's 58 picks in this draft. He, I don't think he's in the top 58 players that are going to get drafted just because he's a little bit older. His size isn't quite there. But he is somebody that is intangibles you want to have around your team. And if that's G League working with your young guys, Agreed. and then maybe he gets that two-way deal. Yeah. No, I, I'm really happy for Sergio Barry Rice, man. And and d- this does not surprise Lone Wolf fans. And when I talk about that Dylan Mitchell assertiveness, look what Sergio Barry Rice is doing. Yeah, hey, he, man, they told me, they told me, they wrote me off. They said I, I shouldn't even be playing, you know, I'm playing New Mexico State. I go play into, into the tournament as a star player in the tournament. I go to the comp. I barely get to the G League invite. Then I'm pressing up there that they, they have to send me to the combine. Every chance they give me, I'm taking. Dylan Mitchell just needs to have more of that attitude of, Carpe diem, every opportunity I get, I'm going to seize the day. 
not just playing sound fundamental good basketball, which it does. Yeah, but not that's not. But enough. you got to go out there and no. go, man. I'm I'm hungry. Yeah, man, you're right about that. He has tried to prove people wrong at every level. Yes. <laughs> it's like, uh, y'all y'all basically underestimated me at every level, and he's doing it once again, uh, Serge Barry Rice. Uh, so we got one more cut in from Coach Terry. This is about the uh, commitments, uh, right? The, uh, the Basically from the, 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 the recruiting class, and I believe here he's talking about uh, the commitments and some of the decommitments, too, I believe he's discussing here. So I believe he's discussing his overall recruiting class. Here's Coach Rodney Terry. No, you know what? At, at Texas, I think you, 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 year in year out, you're going to have to have a blend. And uh, uh, we're always going to try to go after the top player in the state uh, and, and try to uh, do our best job of recruiting him to want to come to the University of Texas. Um, you know, I don't think we can have a whole team full of those guys, but, but but we can sure try to find our share of guys that fit the needs that we have for the, for that year. All right, there's Coach Terry uh, saying they'll always go up to the top dog. I like that. If you're Texas, you should always force the top dog in the state to tell you no. You're Texas. And yep. he said that from the very <laughs> beginning when he got the job. Yeah. He said that when he got the job. And it's like, why would I not go after those Every guys? Time. I mean, think about it. You went after one of the top players that ended up going to another higher level. Yeah, he went to Australia. I mean, he yeah. went to go get paid big money mm-hmm. to go and, and do that. So, yeah, go after him. Because, I mean, what's the worst they're going to say? And now they're about to change the rule about the one-and-done stuff. So going into the next year, you already know what the deal is. Yeah. So you'll make the move yourself. So, yeah, man, keep going after them. Uh, yeah, I think Coach Let Terry. Let the haters hate. Yeah, Coach Terry understands. I mean, it, every school is going to deal with a mix now of transfer portal acquisitions and being able to build uh, through uh, kind of uh, traditional recruiting, I should say. Mm-hmm. And even you got to supplement because traditional recruiting, those guys have the option to leave because yep. you have to re-recruit your team every year. So I, I, I trust that Coach Terry understands that. All right, uh, we will uh, table our conversation about Rojo and Bijan for tomorrow. Uh, so we'll talk some Texas football tomorrow. we got pro football focus stories to get to. We'll table all that. Those are evergreen topics. We come back, we'll preview the game tonight between Heat and the Celtics, and then we'll tell you what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie on the Horn. Pop a top again. Do you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you're going to have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That is- all right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Again, ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. Uh, before we discuss what's on tap, if you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with him on the podcast page. Just had a great conversation with Ashton Torrens. Uh, he is a Westlake product, and he is uh, ridiculously talented. He's a track star. Uh, he's got a gold and a long jump, a silver in 100 meters. He's going to the University of Miami. Uh, he's got eight district championships, nine area, uh, three regional championships. Uh, he's got two state runner-up finishes and two state championships, uh, and also except the long jump. So 
Yeah, he's 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 him special. Yeah, he's special. And yeah. I, he went to Westlake, and I kept asking, like, how did they not get you on the football field? He said they was recruiting him. Yeah, they were <laughs> definitely kept, on him. He, he just kept, kept hiding. He from kept him. turning him down. Like I know them coaches over there was recruiting. He's like, oh no, they was recruiting. Him. <laughs> I would have man, I would have took no for an answer. But uh, that's how deep Westlake talent pool is. They Always, got a, 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 a world class sprinter over there. We ain't even on the football team. Exactly. So. And we just talked to the baseball coach who said they love dual sport athletes they over there. They love dual sport right? athletes because they got a mindset. Yeah. You got a mindset, and it's a championship mindset. So they want to go out there and get athletes. And that one right there with that kind of speed that you just went through his accolades. Bro, he can run, run. Yeah. He and his can, sister his is sister also. at Arkansas. Yeah. Jeans too. And dad's a track coach. Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah, man. That's real deal. Okay, so he's going to be on with the Flex crew. They're also going to have the Wembley head coach, Doug Warren, is going to be on. War- uh, Wembley was a state finalist last year, uh, falling to Carthage at the state championship. That's right. That's right. There you go. So it's going to be a great Flex coming up next. What you got coming up on tap, brother? Well, I'm going to listen to the Flex on my way home, but Damn I'm right. also going to watch the NBA basketball games tonight. What is the Heat going to do when they come after the Celtics? Ooh. Better yet, what is the Celtics going to do? When the heat is on them, uh, Heat Celtics, Patrick. Who are you taking? Oh man, Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum. <laughs> yeah, we got some good games. Coming yeah, that's gonna out, be baby. good. That's gonna be good. All right. Uh, so NBA action tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about it. Same time, same uh, place. Uh, remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. More importantly, take care of each other. Peace.